Love me, love me the folk. I like merfolk and moonfolk a whole lot. Welcome to Noclip. I'm Chad Rodemans. I'm JJ Artemis. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And today we're going to be talking about God of War, a game that was developed by Santa Monica Studios and released in 2018. There it is. There it is. The clarifier. That was such a clean ass intro you for were, what it normally is you were so ready you I looked know. up that information I, I looked up that information um and some additional information on the game mm-hmm. uh is that it is a action game <laughs> in the purest imaginable sense i i, I feel mm-hmm. uh, yeah just up top i want to say that this is a very good game and i really enjoyed my time with it but I feel like it's super easy to criticize, and I'm going to come off way more negative than I intend. I feel like it's unavoidable. Yeah, I think uh, that I have no complaints with this product. I feel as though it will make a lot of consumers <laughs> satisfied with their purchasing decision. That is exactly the mindset everyone had while developing it over several years, <laughs> using all of those terms and reasoning. Oh, God. Uh, well, that makes it very clear that I'm going to be the most negative guy up front. Also, not bad. Nothing about this is bad. It's so weird. Like, I, like there's all this stuff that I kept, like, coming across as I went through the game. Yeah. And I'll admit, my opinion on it, like, softened a lot as, it, as I progressed. Uh, and then the problem area started to show itself. Like, this was the most, like... This episode of the podcast is going to be the most book report like episode <laughs> for me because like I felt like I had preconceived notions going into the game and expectations and the game really did sort of like buck some of my expectations and then like totally fell into other ones and then there were some things that it did that I thought fell in a hole. It's like the most <laughs> average imaginable experience uh, despite like being a fun cool game like generally. Agree that this is mostly a normal type Pokemon. Very interested to hear what your expectations of this were going into it. See, I actually like before we get into that mm-hmm. I think I kind of feel like I agree with that statement but like when I step back from it, I feel like that's way too harsh on the game. <laughs> like, I feel like this game is, like, very well done. And, like, it's very, like, good. But, like, for some reason, like, something about it, It's really hard to explain. Like, something about it feels unremarkable, even though I feel like it shouldn't. The game totally lacks any elegance of any kind. It is a game that is being that is being pulled with a lot of money and resources and smart people in like all directions simultaneously. Like okay. this game attempts to be something for everyone and is pretty good at being that all things considered, especially considering their constraints, but that there ends up that in itself just has a cost. Like no matter how well you're able to be the game with RPG elements and gear progression systems and a combination of linear and open world progression and narrative and this like harsh action combat system where you're trying to like stand up to the God of War name and be like really impressive and have all these set pieces. Like like it like when you have your cake in all areas, even if it's a good fucking cake, eventually you're gonna get full. And this game yeah. really lacked focus to me. Uh as far as like my expectations for this game went, and I think this actually does sort of like explain the or like go into detail on what we're talking about right now so this seems like a decent time to just sort of tie the threads together uh-huh. uh like 
I played the original God of War and then no other God of War games leading up to this one. Um, and so my experience with the, the game, of, with the franchise as a whole, is pretty, like, grounded in that first game. And so my expectation for what a God of War game is, is that it's a hack-and-slash action game and Kratos pushes a box around often. <laughs> often pushes boxes. And the game has a weird way of, like, being exactly that, but then also having five other things on top of it. So uh, that's kind of where it met expectations, where I was, like, I knew that I was going to be, like, running around smashing a guy, and then later, in a downtime in between the smashing a guy and the next guy to smash, there would be a box-pushing puzzle. And they did more with the box-pushing puzzles than just push boxes, which is a welcome relief <laughs> from what was essentially my least favorite part of God of War 1, which was the puzzles, which all felt, like, weirdly out of place. Uh, they feel more natural here. Uh, but that's that's really kind of... That's the ebb and flow. Ebb, combat, flow, box pushing. And that's about <laughs> it. I'm using box pushing as, like, a metaphor here. There's a lot more that you yeah. do in this we, one. Oh, yes, there's actually <laughs> very little box pushing in yeah, this. Yeah, there's only, like, four or five boxes. <laughs> <laughs> and they have to be, like, colossal stones mm-hmm. so that it doesn't look weird that Kratos is pushing them slowly. Or, like, a hog or, like, a living being of some kind. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, I feel like one of the reasons, at least as I was thinking about this as we're talking about the general feel of the game here at the beginning, uh, is it feels really familiar because I, it leans so hard into like the Naughty Dog design philosophy. And I think that's one of the big things. While I like that kind of thing and even feel like it works here really well, it 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 doesn't feel original. It feels really derivative. It is extremely, extremely and, derivative. Yeah, I feel like that's my thesis on why this game, I I didn't think it was as great as maybe I should have. I feel like the parts of this game that lean into that, uh, the, the aforementioned Naughty Dog philosophy, are the parts of the game that, I mean, I don't know, I have like pros and cons for everything, but I feel like it's all negative when it comes to the stuff in this game that reminds me of Uncharted. Because even Naughty Dog knows, even Uncharted the series knows that Uncharted 1 is not a game that they can release now. Mm-hmm. Like, the it was awesome when it came out because it was cool and it looked really good and there was stuff to do and it showed off hardware. Uh, and they did a good job with storytelling. And Uncharted 4, they do a lot of that same stuff because they feel like people expect it, but then they add a lot more shit to do otherwise. There are a lot more ways to fail in modern Uncharted games. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. This, this game does not have a great diversity of ways to fail. Yeah, and it, it takes the climbing system basically straight from Uncharted which is a huge mistake because there's nothing to do while climbing. It's just like holding a, a thing. Yeah. It, it Every time you have to do it in this game, it just feels like it's a load screen. Yeah. Like, it you probably know, is literally a load yeah, screen. It's just between areas, and it's just a way to keep you playing instead of having to watch a spinny logo. <laughs> yeah. But you gotta realize that there's a cost to that too, right? Because like, obviously that was one of the main pushes with this game, especially in interviews and descriptions. The game has attempts to be like like one continuous shot, 
Like there's there's no cuts or anything. Yeah. I have no idea what the point of that is. Dude, I'm glad <laughs> that you say that because it feels like such a half step non thing. Yeah. Because like games, like since last console generation, it's been a thing to have like the not cutscene cutscene where you remain like you keep control and like pushing it that like little bit further to have like no cuts unless you like die you don't even notice it yeah like it's it seems like a it was probably really hard and like a waste (laughs) of time and effort to do that for something that like no one's gonna appreciate it feels like a thing you do to put it on the box yeah like and think of not just all the resources that were put into place to make sure that can happen think about even once the goal is accomplished like you still have to load in the the actual like world traversal areas that you walk through whenever mm-hmm. you use those silly magic doors. Like there's, it actually makes the amount of literal time before you, the player, can do the next thing that you want to do be longer because you're loading additional things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like and and it does the thing that I feel like is going to become more and more prevalent until it's just ubiquitous across video games where it does try and cut out those loading screens by putting in things that I hate that I would really prefer a loading screen to, like climbing or riding an elevator or uselessly running around in a circle in an ethereal environment that I don't care about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the climbing doesn't bother me as much. The thing that, like, drove me crazy was waiting for the world tree branches to come out. Yeah. Like... Oh my god. You, you you pick the realm and you lock it in and it like the light show happens and then you wait for like twenty seconds before the branches come out and you can walk across it like gee and like and the the quick travel door. Yeah. Like it was takes weird. a while. Yeah, to and come like up. you just like you just run Yeah, well it takes a while to even for him to step through it, which yeah. is weird. And then you have to like run along the path or you don't have to if you just wait it'll show up yeah the but because you're a normal person who wants something to happen you're probably just going to run <laughs> along the path until it shows up and you feels like you're running a comically long time and you're like man this is just repeating over and over again it's and- like that thing in inception like the paradox staircase yeah you know it's it's really weird and it's also inconsistent with the uh, th- with everything the Kratos does already. Like, waiting for the world tree branches? Like, literally through the whole game, you make, like, 30-foot horizontal leaps. Yeah, like, you, you could, could just, easily jump across that. Yeah, and every time that I'm climbing back down a wall, it just feels like an insult, because, like, at one point you fell off of a statue yep. and fell there's, straight to the ground and was fine. There's at least four or five story moments <laughs> where you fall off of something really high. Yeah, <laughs> and then just get up. Yeah, it's yep. not like he like, goes. Oh, oh man! Yeah. I, I, I didn't, wish there was a yeah. ladder. <laughs> this game kind of smartly doesn't have you backtrack a lot if you kind of just follow the main path. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the game, it's like go back to your home. And I tried to just walk back because I tend to like to do that in games and like not use fast travel if I can avoid it personally. And you just can't. <laughs> Like, there are, like, literal, like, spots that block you from going back, and you have to fast travel, and that was so frustrating to, to find yeah. in my way. Yeah. Here's, like, a good way that won't come off, hopefully, as overly negative about my opinion of the whole continuous shot loading screen excuse thing. <laughs> like, in accomplishing this goal, 
they have removed a bunch of negatives from the game, but that is not the same thing as something being praiseworthy. The absence of a problem is not like the same as the existence of something perfect. They, they did not do, I don't see that and go like, wow, I got that into like, oh good, there's not a problem here. And there's lots of other small ancillary concessions that they had to make to essentially provide an experience that is still kind of just as easy to see through from the player's perspective as like the Metroid Prime games on the GameCube. Yeah. You, you'll note that on the Rascal episode, we did not go, <laughs> this game is basically unplayable, but it didn't make the PlayStation 1 literally catch on fire when I put the game disc in, so that's a positive. Like, you just expect things to not go catastrophically yeah. wrong in the same way that you don't expect that people will intentionally do things that are bad. Well, I don't like, like the metaphor that we have become so advanced as, like, as future tech gamers that we are now comparing the existence of loading screens to our consoles catching fire in front of us. I'm really impatient. <laughs> How long do you think it'll take to get to the point where playing a game with a loading screen will be like enough of a deterrent that like people won't even bother playing that game anymore? That's Like you think like kids now, like if they put in like crash bandicoot or something and it has like loading screens they'd be like what the fuck is this i think yeah, like when are we gonna get to that point it's a surprisingly complicated question yeah for a bunch of reasons first a lot of those old games you're talking about yes aren't gonna have those screens when the kids go back to them because they're gonna yeah, get emulated on devices on, but they'll still have the screen that'll come up that'll say loading like I, that's agreed. still gonna happen because it's programmed programmed into the game there'll be a transition but it's going to be mitigated the further we are in the future even with old shit that's true uh, and like that's a goal that's always going to be relative over what the load is delivering and it's hard to predict like the future shit that might be possible like if it does some kind of crazy vr thing that requires loads like mm, fair enough it yeah. could completely change the perspective of whether that becomes accepted or not based on the kind of stuff that can be yeah, accomplished it's just yeah i guess another like sub question is do you think we'll ever like gaming is moving towards a point where like load screens are going to become a non-thing like totally like it's just going to be like the standard that like you build your game as to not have load screens even as like the technology increases i feel like the popularity of online games makes me say no and the reason is because i think people are used to a brief wait period between yeah like to me it's like such a non-issue but like i feel like it gets talked about a lot as like a positive thing yeah but you know loading like <laughs> yeah. the to be topical mm -hmm. the xbox e3 conference they were like faster load times no load times <laughs> it's gonna be so fast you guys <laughs> like that was like what they talked about like for like five minutes <laughs> they just kept saying that in different ways over and over again <laughs> i mean it is, and it is a thing that people would generally want if somebody asked you like do, would you prefer long weights or short weights <laughs> right you'd be like I would, uh the short weights obviously but it's something they don't really need to say because it's the next step in technology that's just the way that technology works is right. that it makes old things work better <laughs> On new things, like yeah. it's not yeah. words it that just, need to be. It makes order. me wonder about people's expectations for new things, though. Yeah, and that's that's part of where the ambiguity comes in, right? Because if we wanted no loading screen games as an industry standard, that could exist right now. It's going to ratchet budgets up even more. Well, no, no, that's not what I mean. I I don't mean 
taking what you have now and also making loading not a factor, I mean just scaling back to the visual fidelity right. to, you know, lower degrees. And you could easily accomplish that. But people don't want that. They're conflicting once between no loading screens right. and fucking beautiful Alfheim shit. <laughs> Well, I was just, I like beautiful <laughs> Alpine shit. I thought it was funny. Uh, <clears throat> but to get back on topic with God of War, yes. you have to take the good and the bad, obviously, and I feel like th- this is a, just another thing where I feel like there was positive elements and negative elements to it. Because while I hate the fact that I have to climb up and down the well in the woods to get back to the, the fucking witch's house, uh, I also actually like the way that the boat works in this game. Like I think it feels one satisfying to like to to row around in. Two, I like um, uh, Mamir. Not Mamir. Mo- yeah, Mamir's. Mamir. Yes. Mamir Vig. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> gibberish. Mamir's, gibberish. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude, dude, stark contrast to Hellblade, where there were just like these stones with uh, lore on them and there was like a, a narrator albeit a good narrator would just read them to you in this game it's contextualized and like a character is actually telling a story to you and it's entertaining right it's great yeah it's, it's just re- it's really good two thumbs up yeah and they they characterize him really well like I think of the characters in the game he might legitimately be the only one that I consider like great. Like, yeah. I think that his character is very good. Yeah, his... he was the much-needed comic relief, mm-hmm. and it, oh, yeah, it was done so well. As opposed to the attempted comic relief of the dwarves, which always mm-hmm. failed. Mm-hmm. Like, the Brock's dialogue is, like, hysterical, because he... It's hysterical in, a, in like, a B-movie bad way, yeah. because it's like he just... In, they just were like, this guy curses a lot, so he now just uses the word bastard, like we would say like, yeah. as, like, a filler word. You're like, hey, you want a cup of coffee, you fucking son of a bitch? Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, I just walked oh. up here. Well, and Grinnis, the- who seems like the kind of <laughs> short-tempered guy who murders gods, does not then just chop his head off and yeah. walk well, away. I kind of got the vibe that he viewed them kind of like children. Mm. Or he was just like, whatever, let them do, you know. But uh, at the very end of the game, uh, Brock is like, oh, Thimble Winter's coming. I can feel it in my scrot. Yeah. <laughs> and he says that, like, twice. Yeah. And it's just like, what? Well, somebody yeah. wrote that. Yeah. And then somebody delivered that line. Mm-hmm. Like, And no one questioned it. Yeah. Like, one yeah they, the, they were, both of them, Brock and Sindri, were very, like, one note, kind of like caricatures. To the point where it felt intentional, mm-hmm. I think, but like they gave them too big of a role. Yeah, yeah. they were. Yes. You ran across them a little bit too often for that to to not get a little big rating. Yeah, the, I don't know. The, I, I'm really stuck on on the dialogue because it's very bad. Like I I remember at one point there's just like a a thing. He's like, I tell the kid the story, but I feel like you wouldn't appreciate it because of all of the drinking and fucking in it. <laughs> and I was like. <laughs> This, he has like the 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 writing sensibility of like a 19 second long punk rock song from 1994. <laughs> like I don't understand. <laughs> <sighs> We're gonna bring it down. Sorry, it's just all all the punk rock comparisons. Okay. Hard. Grab the wheel. Turn. You know how we com- we commonly compared Nier Automata to, like, 
old PS2 games in its general design sensibility. Mm, yes. This is that for PS3 games. This is a game that saw The Last of Us and was like, let's do that and more. And they literally just did more things and not really. The God of more. Can, can we, God of more. That is, can we just establish that right now? I'm never saying God of War again because of the ambiguity. I'm only calling this God of more. This is God of more. Okay, yeah. sure. Why not? Uh, yeah, I, I had something for this and. Now I blanked because of that car that beeped outside. Um, Damn you, car! Fuck you! Oh, no. It felt a lot like combining The Last of Us with, like, Zelda or something. Like, the the Lake of Nine is, like, the obvious, like, hub area, and then everything, like, it's, like, Hyrule Field, and Mm -hmm. then everything, like, kind of branches off from that. Yeah. Which, I mean, I'm a fan of. It's like if you had to go to Hyrule Field, and then you always had to go to Lon Lon Ranch, and then you always had to get on top of a cow, and then you had to spin that cow very slowly in, like, (laughs) 25-degree increments Mm. to exactly the direction you needed the cow to be, and then you could get off the cow and go to the other temples and stuff. Right. Before we get too far from the original point here, uh, I actually do kind of disagree, because I, I don't think this is really, like, the culmination of PS3 game design. It's not a culmination. I didn't think Nier Automata was a culmination either. I just think oh, it was yeah. emblematic. Uh, that's, okay, fair. Because, But I also feel like God of War, God of War, <laughs> is uh, <laughs> more of just like an ascended PS2 title. Like, I feel like it actually feels more like uh, somebody looked at what worked in Devil May Cry and what worked in the original God of War and what worked in, like, fucking Mark of Cree or whatever. <laughs> like, other, there's my deep pull for this uh-huh. one. Uh, in other just, like, action-adventure games and just say, what if we just tried to, like, put a period on the sentence of action-adventure like buff guy games yes. <laughs> and and like i feel like this succeeds at some level of being like the ultimate form of the of the original god of war yeah i kind of felt the same way where this this is what ps2 games like wished they could be it, it very much feels like an adventure game in that vein of like the kind of things those games aspired to do at the time which they never really got to that level before they were abandoned for new design trends. Right. I feel like, A, it is straight up insulting for you to suggest that buff guy games <laughs> culminated in the PS2 era before Gears of War existed. <laughs> that's that's, that's the, a buff guy game. That is the bu- that's a buff guy shooter, though. These are different things. Shoulder men. God of War, sorry, not God of War, but Gears of War. Mm-hmm. Gears is special... It's very special in a lot of ways, but it's special for the fact that it's a game about very strong people who use guns and therefore don't need to be very strong. (laughs) And it's like kind of a unique aesthetic where everyone is a football player. (laughs) Literally. Yeah, but in in some cases, literally. They need to be really strong to force that chainsaw through a body. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Even though the chain... That would make sense if they were sawing them in half with like a (laughs) a sword. Motions back and forth. A chainsaw doesn't make an effort list to just push through a human body like butter. It's like, it's going to require a lot of force to push a chainsaw through a person. How much chainsaw experience do you have? I, I've used a chainsaw and cut down a tree before. Uh-huh. It's not like... <laughs> it requires a lot of actual sawing on your part. It is, in fact, not just a lightsaber. Yeah, no. Oh, damn. <laughs> descriptions I always get of chainsaw safety videos, if you just, like, stop paying attention to it for one second, it'll just take your leg off like a lightsaber. I mean, that could happen because they do get 
hot on things and then can get dislodged. Yeah, yeah like mm-hmm. it can definitely happen. Yeah, but it not. Well, they also it... have a mind of their own and are murderous <laughs> bastards. So, yeah. which is why they have to be so buff in Gears of War to contain the dark spirit <laughs> of the chainsaw. Yes, <laughs> and break it to their will like a bluff stallion. It was there a second point after just being against calling this a buff guy game. <laughs> yes, which is also related to Gears of War. Which is if this game wanted to be the best version of the PS2 era buff guy game, then it would not have picked a third person over the shoulder camera. It would have picked a better camera system for that <laughs> goal than this. This takes, I presume, for this is one of the things that's being pulled against by the direction of the narrative, where like the camera wants to be close so you can feel like gritty and in the thick of things with Kratos, but like it's so close that it's like actually inconvenient, and they had to make a bunch of design concessions to it. The, uh, behind you, son. Yeah, like yeah, that yeah. shit. Yeah. And all the stupid like circle pointer thing, and like there's a bunch of systems, and you can tell that the enemies are less aggressive when they're out of your field of view. Like there's a bunch of compromises they have to make to get the camera that close that like God of War three even didn't have. Yeah. The, the- even, like, tougher enemies are less aggressive even when they're in your field of vision if you're engaged with somebody else. Like, I remember there was a time when they put you against two of the travelers, and it feels like that should be a really tough fight because those enemies take a long time to take down. But one of them just stood there and watched me yeah. fight the other one. And it's like, I don't necessarily... Like, part of me is like, hey, I appreciate that you're giving me the consideration Mm -hmm. of this one-on-one fight, but, like, I feel like maybe I'm being cheated out of something here. Yeah. One thing I will agree that is very PS2 about this game is repeated use of established mechanics in ways that feel like padding and also kind of don't. You know the feeling I'm getting at where, like, you do the same kind of thing where it's, like, 80% of the same, like, 10 times, and there's exactly enough variability to it where it doesn't get annoying... Yeah, so we're getting into stuff that, like, I think is... That I actually do really appreciate about the game. Yeah. Uh, that did sort of make me feel nostalgic. Um, and, like, the the seal destruction puzzle, we'll take as an example, because mm-hmm. I actually like this yes. as a concept, generally, uh, in that you can tell that they were working with the same assets, the same general idea, and, like, you even sort of self-restrict yourself when you walk into one... It, like, see one of those no-near chests... Uh, that you, like, you're like, okay, well, I'm now in an arena where my goal is to find and break these three seals or hit these three bells. Uh, and so it's like a self-imposed or a designer-imposed challenge, but it's like something that you self-regulate because you can leave at whatever and just be like, I don't care about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, like, you can tell that the designers actually had a chance to take the same materials and move them around and adjust the pieces in a way to make each one different or more challenging in a different way. Like, the one that sticks out to me is there's one that's in Helheim where you, like, pull a a block, (laughs) more block pushing, uh, very important to this one, Mm -hmm. and there's, like, a window on the side of it. It's like, there's a thing in here, so you have to know to push it somewhere else and move around. It's like, they never did that before. But they're using all the same constituent pieces that they did before, but it's a cool new challenge because of it. Yeah. I liked those for, like, the first, like, handful, like, I, like the first two upgrades I got from them, and then they became, like, comically tedious to me. Because, <laughs> like, it is, it's literally the exact same thing each time, but with the three pieces you need in, like, a unique location. And, like, it needed, I think, a little bit more 
like visual or something else different about it other than just these are in different places it kind of it because it's always just throw the axe at it it's always the same challenge too which is that you need to find the pieces and you don't know where they are right i mean there's some that are like timing challenges yeah like winds of hell and all that uh there's one on like an island that i think is really good we have to carry the winds around yeah like every once in a while there'll be one where they hide one in a really unexpected place i'm like ah Yes, I'm yeah. so smart for yeah. finding this. <laughs> but uh but for the most part that like that fell flat after I was like a third of the way in for me. It has variety in the same way that a book full of Where's Waldos have variety. <laughs> and that's and that, that that seems more dismissive than I think I'm intending it to be. Right. Like there's a reason books full of Where's Waldos exist oh, just because yeah. that's they can actually be engaging and fun. Yeah. And you know what you're getting into yeah. with a Where's Waldo book. <laughs> Precisely. I'm you want saying... to find Waldo 12 times <laughs> when I'm... you open that Waldo book. <laughs> in the, on the back of the box for God of War it does not say like uh, like 12 interesting uh, seal finding puzzles <laughs> on no. it like it does not all I'm saying I'm saying that's still fine it's just not as good as having a set of mechanics and being forced to use them in ways that are surprising to you you are never surprised that you have to find these seals and then throw an axe at them right or at least very very rarely are you surprised at the specific challenge that's been prescribed to you when you find the chest and that's th- that for me is identical to almost everything in this game, including just base combat, where it's like, I do the same thing over and over again about 80% of the time, and then there's just like just enough different things that you have to do occasionally where it doesn't like hurt me, or like I don't get like annoyed. Like I'm never mad at this game. It's just a game in a way that, honestly, you're correct. A lot of like PS2 era games were for a lot of kids with like no time or responsibilities. Yeah. What uh, difficulty did you play the game on? I okay. I played. Here, I got a story on this. Okay. Can I story time this? Yes, you can. All right. I'd I, be insulted if you didn't. Thank you. I'm upset that you have a story about this because I know that in the end it's just going to end up being like, oh, okay, so Chad was a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, this game. This is a game that they're like. Weird, it's okay, but constantly had me running into minor annoyances level problem like we've been talking about for almost the full duration of the first half. (laughs) Uh, Where I played it on normal, and their game had all of these systems, tons and tons of fucking other interactions you can unlock, lots of stuff that you could do, especially with the axe throwing mechanics, where I felt like flowing into that in combat could create really cool circumstances, but like many games that we play on this podcast, never actually challenged you enough to force you to use those mechanics. So I was like, okay, this is a, this is exactly the circumstance where when you feel that way, you raise the difficulty. So I raised the difficulty once, and then again, at two separate uh, different occasions. Uh, this is one of those games where the higher difficulty is literally just more damage and health, and doesn't actually have you need to create more complex solutions to new challenges. It just punishes you horribly if you fail and makes you re- repeat the same fine but not necessarily different paths to success for a longer period of time. It, it just makes it two to three times longer to kill every enemy and you're punished more if you mess up. And it's terrible, so I turned it back down to normal because that was still better than actually trying to yeah. go through it on hard. Yeah, I played it on hard... And I found that that made it, like, challenging enough to keep me engaged. Like, I found that, like, while the combat system I don't think is great or anything, it's still pretty good. And I felt like it, it, um, it, like, attained this level of variety that I feel like Kingdom Hearts wants, where 
every ability that Kratos has feels satisfying to use. Mm -hmm. uh, And I found myself cycling through them in a natural way. It's like I was like parrying things and that feels real good to do. But then like once that starts getting old, I'm like backing up and winging the axe at a guy and that feels good. And, you know, like tripping them and like having Atreus shoot them and then using like big cleave move on them. Like every time like something kind of got to you, because I agree, like I would start doing the same things over and over again. But then once that started to get a little old i would just switch to another thing that also felt good to do so i found myself like naturally cycling through all my abilities in like an organic way that made it fun for me yeah one of the things i want to commend about the combat system in this game just to sort of like provide the opposite like sort of uh perspective on it is while i agree that it never really challenges you to uh it doesn't ever force you to switch up the way that you're playing uh, to the point where, like, I'm fairly certain that you could probably beat the game by only throwing the axe at things. <laughs> uh, it does do the skill unlocking tree. Well, we'll talk about that later, maybe, if we even care. But the abilities that you actually get, I feel, are so much better implemented than a lot of these tend to be. No way. I felt like I was naturally getting into those moves from situations that I would normally be in. Like, I don't, if you ever played, like, a, uh, I almost just said, if you've ever played, like, Bayonetta, despite the <laughs> fact that we literally all played it and talked about it right now, mm-hmm. there would be moves that I would see in the store that were, like, you know, like, special, uh, like, triggered commands, and they would be like, to do this move, press... Circle, 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 triangle, hold R2, then tap L1 once, and then do a quarter circle on the on the left stick. And I'm like, never going to do that. Like, 100%. Even if I set out with the explicit goal of doing that, I would do it one time and then forget the co- button combination, mm-hmm. and it's not going to matter to me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of the abilities they give to Kratos, while a couple of them sort of fall into that same not-so-hot territory, a lot of the time we're like stop attacking for a second and you switch stances and then you do like a more like crowd control based move and that's just something that like you would just it just occurs to you to do mm-hmm. and so you do it and it I, I felt like most of the abilities did that pretty well except for the rage tree which i didn't use rage nearly enough to like warrant a lot of those skills i would agree that like I found myself, like, as unlike, I just bought all the moves, because this is one of those games where you just get enough experience to get everything. Yep. Uh, so I just, like, got them all, and would just end up using them on accident, like, well, without trying to, and, like, you just kind of, like, naturally discover the button combinations on your own, and it would be charitable uh, to compare it to, like, Mario, but, like... In Mario games, like, you end up, like, they signpost some moves, but a lot of them you just kind of figure out by playing the game, and I found, like, a similar kind of thing uh, in this game with Kratos' moves. Although, I do wish you could turn some of them off. There was a move where, like, he would jump away and throw the axe, like, uh, like, uh, the The Kingdom Hearts thing, throw the Keyblade, and I'm like... 
I don't want to do that. Like, I like I, I would like hit the guy and like stun them, and then he would like jump away and throw the axe. I don't remember <laughs> the button combination, but like that happened to me a bunch, and I'm like, I don't want to jump away from the enemy. Like, I want to hit them right now, and like that kept happening, and that was annoying. That's that's the game attempting and overcompensating to try and read your intent. I think a lot of the reason, Chad, that it's very natural to get into these like combo moves and button combinations in this game specifically is because a lot of the combo moves in this game that you can do are actually just like reskins of things you would already want and try to do in the pre-existing systems and the buff is just it gets an animation and it's better in certain ways like dodge and then attack right like I, you could already kind of do that. Like, you probably tried to dodge to the side and then hit someone. Right. Now there's just a move specifically for that, and now you can, like, intuitively combine it with heavy attack instead to do a heavy version. Right. Like, these are all things that you would already try and think of and try to do within the pre-existing systems. And so when you have a system like that, where the game is now trying to take and predict interactions that players would normally do, but then prescribe like a specific animation to it, is when you're going to run into circumstances where you just want to go backwards and attack, and the game thinks you want to do the cool like, oh, I'm going to dodge real far and throw the axe and get a bunch of distance as the more exaggerated like, version. You would of almost move. always jump out of range for that to even hit, yeah, which there, was there, really weird yeah. to me. There are a couple of things that like specifically seemed like they'd never like. I, I, tell me if there's a system I'm just like missing here and didn't know. But when you do the parry light attack, where he like just bong like hits somebody with the shield occasionally, and I've tried this on the same enemy, and by tried this I mean did on every enemy a hundred times a piece mm-hmm. because it's just like naturally after I parry I want to hit R1 because I feel like I'm going to repose to them yeah. like I'm playing Dark Souls but I'm not and he goes bong and then occasionally the enemy will just go like way uh, like hundreds of miles yeah. in the distance <laughs> and then other times they just kind of like fall over and you can actually do the intended combo yeah, I've uh, I watched a, a couple of videos on this game that like dug into the combat system, and there seems to be a bit of like weirdness in the AI. Like somebody suggested that they have the enemies cue moves, so that like it's like they'll do this move immediately followed by this move, and you can't interrupt that. Mm. That was like their like. That's what they intuited. They we don't know if that's true or not, but it does kind of seem like that because sometimes you can just blast a dude, as yeah. you said, and other times you'll hit him with the blast move and they'll just hit you. Yeah, you know, because they had a mute move cued. So that seems like a reasonable explanation, but like weird little things like that happen, and you'll notice it more and more as you play. Yeah, and that's like the, it kind of emblematic of everything that we've already talked about about the game feels like it's a meshing of genres that don't necessarily like go together because like the move where you hit someone and they go a thousand miles away is great obviously <laughs> it does make you feel super strong uh-huh. yeah but that feels more at home in a dynasty warriors type game than it does in like sort of a one-on-one action combat game i feel like it would also feel a lot more natural if it was a fist move like hitting a dude with a shield doesn't really feel like it should launch them 
50 right. feet. I imagine, like, cl- like having them just, like, go from a standing position to a laying down Yeah, like, fall on their back, not, like, fly across. I want to explore the physics of this, because I feel like the <laughs> only reason you feel that way, Andy, is because of decades of, like, ingrained pop oh, culture yeah. knowledge of, like, when you hit someone with a fist and you have super strength, they go forever. But as soon as that's, like, put through a medium, yeah. the, like, well, artificiality of that begins to be revealed. Yeah, and it even feels... <laughs> Like, they accounted for it a little bit. Because he hits them with, like, the flat end of the shield, so Mm -hmm. it's like a punch. And it also has, like, a force, like, that comes off of it. Like, he's channeling energy that he shoots out of it, and it launches them. Rage particles. Yes, rage particles. It has, like, the exact same particle effect as, like, the Fusro Da does. (laughs) That's the great compare. It is exactly It's like like a sonic boom. (laughs) And it makes a gong noise. Which, like... (laughs) Yep. I, I don't know if this is something we want to go into at all, but like Gongs? the sound design in this game makes the combat actually feel really good. Like things that I complain about a lot when I play action games is if they get the feel right as for like the weightiness of the weapons and your recovery animations and shit like that. That's like weirdly very important to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this game, I think like every enemy feels like a man-sized watermelon. Like <laughs> as you hack into them and it oh, makes yeah. these perfect sounds and there's just like the amount of resistance you want. Like I'm kind of surprised thinking back on it that I wasn't playing it in VR. The fact that I was hitting an R button and not literally swinging my arm at something mm-hmm. is kind oh, yeah. of surprising yeah. to me. Yeah, the axe is fantastic mm-hmm. like um they they had this custom system that they built where the axe would actually like get stuck in the enemy model for a second before it would swing through so oh. it, like it, it would like make impact so good get stuck and then swing through and like and it feels awesome the animation in general is just the best thing about this game oh yeah it's yeah. really i mean and we'll we, i will extend that to also just graphics as meaningless as that <laughs> like check out the graphic can't let's pump up the graphics in level three mm-hmm. yeah no the presentation overall is fantastic oh my god there are going to be people who don't know what that is <laughs> we, we've lived in a world where our entire lives you could just say that to people the graphics on level three and every <laughs> single nerd you will ever meet knows exactly what that means yeah because the commercial played on repeat three times <laughs> per commercial break on g4 Correct. or tech yeah. tv yeah i think they did such a good job with the axe that the inclusion of the blades of chaos felt like unnecessary to me i'm of two minds on this personally like yeah. I, I understand why they did it obviously yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but like I feel like they delivered such a great alternative that they didn't need it. Right. And they didn't make them feel distinctive enough in the yeah. actual shit oh, that you do with both right. weapons. And they, they feel like they're Which ripped. Is mash R1. Yeah. And like, and like, yeah, like I know that there's, I'm sure there's differences. I don't remember. But like, they feel so just ripped straight from the original games and like they don't quite fit here because they're mostly like crowd control weapons. And you do just feel like you're button mashing when you use them. Like the the axe is very much like one on one combat. Like you you it's more precise. You know what you're doing. You can you know execute exactly what you're thinking in your head. With the chain, just like you're just like hitting dudes over here and over there and behind you. Right. You know, like you're meant to switch to them for crowd control in this game, but like it always. The whole, like, you don't get them to, like, two-thirds of the way in, and it's, like, so not the way you've been playing so far yeah. that 
I found myself mostly just using the axe unless I was in Helheim or there were a bunch of dudes. Honestly, I agree with you, but only because of how good the axe throw and return system was. Yeah, it's I fantastic. swear to God, if they were, a, if it was a little bit worse, if that, if that animation on when it comes back to your hand was even slightly worse, <laughs> I would have switched. It would have been probably better for the game overall because I would have been more willing to switch off the axe. The animation is too good that <laughs> actually made me like overly attached to it. Yeah, the the like recall thing is also just hysterical and in, in like how far like I I'm actually surprised at how far they let it go before they shortcut it like where you'll be really far away from where you threw the axe and it, like he's just like oh he does it automatically <laughs> no like he's like when you call oh. it back you're just holding your hand up in the air for like seven seconds while you just hear like <laughs> bing bong clang ding, and you're like what the fuck was yeah, the Thor joke. It just creates the Thor joke. Yeah, because I was I wanted to test that, but never ended up doing it. Just like throwing the action to like the side of Kratos's house, and then like just going to like wherever, and like seeing if it ever makes it automatically come back it to you. It does. It uh, does. There is a point, boom. and it's really far. Though. <laughs> it's 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 shockingly far, but it exists. I feel like it, that's. You're you're booing not the developers. You're booing realism. You're booing yes. the constraints of reality, and that, yeah. that had to be that way. Because like once you get the blades of chaos, you could just leave it somewhere and yeah. never need it. <laughs> I think there are enemies that will only take damage from the axe. Why does it even have the little thing on his back? You can just no matter where the axe is in the narrative, it's you can just always yeah, you can have just it. Always, because he doesn't want to carry it. But that's the point. You can just, you can just fucking you can just pitch leave it, it somewhere. Yeah, you can I throw guess. it off a cliff. It's more convenient to not have to do that and not have to no. wait the three seconds. Yeah. Like, I guess there are real world constraints. What's the max speed of the axe? Is it continuously accelerate? Or <laughs> yeah, because there's go? no way that it like reach. It continually accelerates. Becomes infinitely massive. <laughs> <laughs> he catches it. It's like it, it, that, that's it's what uh, relativity. That's what uh, <laughs> triggers Ragnarok. <laughs> yeah. Is that the Leviathan axe hits the speed of light? Um... <laughs> Uh, to me, it felt like it didn't just keep accelerating. Like it felt like it had a top speed to me. Yeah, visually, I'm not but sure. I and, might physically. Just be, and physically, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Yes. Let's stop <laughs> and then come back after we take a break. That sounds good. Sounds great. All right, yeah. let's do it. something i want to talk about all right okay i mean we we do we left a lot to, yeah. to discuss still, so. yeah plenty more this game is very deep literally just literally in the way that a hole is deep there's like this a really there's like a really deep lake uh-huh. that lowers in water level twice throughout it, the course of the game it does yeah I, I don't mean deep as a different like tense of depth i mean deep as in like there's just a bunch there's if a lot keep, in the game you, if you had to shovel through it it would take a long time is this on the podcast right now i don't I, your decision you had to say welcome back it's, it's, this is not podcast until material until back. you say so mm-hmm. well welcome back to the podcast and i want to play off of what you said about it being deep mm-hmm. a little bit because i feel like it sacrifices its own like potential <laughs> in order to put more stuff in the game than really needs to be there. Yes. To the point where the 
narrative ending of the game feels really limp as compared to how it could be. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack in that statement. Because uh, like, yeah. I I I mostly agree, but kind of disagree with your first statement. Les, I feel like all of the things that are in this game could potentially have been implemented in a way that was good. Well, at least most of it. I most agree. Like a lot of it is like a not fully developed, crippled version of a thing that could have been good. <laughs> but I mean, this game's already like so expensive yeah. and you know budget uh the bane of many triple a games but uh like stuff like the exploration specifically because like that's my jam right, we all yeah. know that i love that shit mm-hmm. but like in this game it feels really unsatisfying because of like kratos's movement i think you can't jump Right. And, like, all you can really do is kind of, like, stiffly walk around. It's, like, (laughs) the way he moves in combat feels mostly pretty good. But, like, outside of combat, he feels super limited. And, like, it you just can't really move around the environment in, like, a smooth way. Like, I feel like just moving around and, like, finding treasure and things could have been a lot more enjoyable if Kratos would, like could vault over things like Geralt or like kind of move a little bit smoother like Aloy or something like there's a lot of other video game protagonists that like are way less stiff than Kratos and like that one really stuck out to me like as like a missed opportunity because I like exploring the lake and that fact that like the water level lowers twice and more gets like revealed like Super intriguing, and I liked rowing the boat around, hearing the stories, and I like the idea of hunting for treasure and doing side quests and things on the lake, but it always kind of felt hindered. I kind of want to uh, spin off of this real quick before I move on to the second point um, about like the ending of the game. Oh, right, yeah, I totally <laughs> yeah. Uh, sidetracked that. <laughs> uh, but that that is sort of, like, that was my initial thing to take away from the game and it never really remedied itself at all Uh, this style of level design feels really outmoded these days because it's like an open world game that isn't in any way an open world game like it 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 seems almost specifically big rooms game big room (laughs) for you long time listeners But, uh, yeah, because it feels like it's an open world game that is specifically designed to fight against being an open world game at all times. Kratos, as a character, hates being sidetracked. and Mm -hmm. uh, They're always making excuses for why he's doing side quests. Yeah. It feels super forced. And it makes it feel like Atreus, who we haven't even mentioned until now, which is weird... Uh, no, it's is, not. is supposed to like <laughs> be the guiding hand on this, where but he doesn't serve enough of a narrative purpose to justify it at all. Also, you explicitly in the narrative give no shits about his wants or needs. Yeah, like it's super weird. Ah, I disagree with that. Oh, okay, only if you define needs very paternalistically. <laughs> yeah. Only if you define needs as like what I want him to be. I feel like. Uh, in the beginning of the narrative, Kratos kind of starts out as the kind of dad you'd think he'd be, where he's, like, comically stern and short with his son. Shitty in all ways. And, like, o- over the course of the game, he becomes way more, like, a normal dad. Agreed. Agreed that the, the dadness is on, like, an upward yes. curve. 
The dadness multiplies. Yes. But that da- da- dad rising. Dad rising. <laughs> that God in- of more dad rising. Twenty eighteen. Jesus. Okay, now we have the sequel. But uh I found absolutely every character except for the head guy in this game to be just the most drudging. Like, until the end, when there was some semblance of progression among the relationships of those involved, and you became more dad-like, as you described, everything about listening to people talk to each other in this game, for me, was a chore. Not because the voice actors were bad, they were fine, not for any, like, mechanical reasons. The game has infinite money, and you can see how much money that it had constantly, with all the polish that it put on all the systems that it didn't need. Uh, But... it, I just don't like the people. I just I don't want to hear Kratos talk through the vast majority of the game. Like, like okay, example, Chad, you're gonna be Atreus here, okay? Right. I, I want you to, I want you to tell me like a very reasonable request that a child under a lot of stress would have. Can we go home? Murder is sometimes justified. <laughs> Everyone hates you, and and the gods don't care about how you feel. Go away and do this thing that I asked you to do. See, can I fly as a god? No. <laughs> you can't do anything that you want ever. I actually found like Atreus to join the ranks of like 9S what? as a character that I thought that I would not like at all at the beginning of the game that ended up really growing on me. You're going to have to justify this pretty hard, I think, for both of us. Oh, yeah. Because I, I feel I like think... Kratos has an actual character arc, and he grows as a character, uh-huh. whereas Atreus feels like a ping-pong ball <laughs> in like one of those okay. extreme ping-pong matches where people are jumping around, and yeah. he goes way off to the yeah. side, no, very, and still bring him back to the other side Very somehow. big concession. The part where he becomes like... Uh, a a, an asshole. Yeah. Like he does this at least twice. Yeah, yeah. that whole flip flop thing was bad. Yes, mm-hmm. totally agree. But like overall, I think they did a really good job of selling the relationship between Kratos and Atreus. To like, I, I really believed that relationship. I thought like Atreus was a vehicle to for Kratos's character arc. Yes, like caring about like learning to care about him and show it in a way that gels with his kratos persona right it's kind of like what it's about and i think they did that really effectively over the course of the game my problem with that is and, that- like they're clearly setting him up to do more things in the future it makes me sad that there's going to be a bunch of sequels to this but, but- like I, I i think atreus was a success there were some fumbles here and there as i said with that one part of the story but overall i thought he was pretty effective in getting me to like care more about kratos too like i think he he served his place in the plot i think really well the vast majority of the game though until they reached that like transitory period that they wanted it wasn't a relationship that i enjoyed or wanted to watch like it's like it felt like i was the unwitting i felt like i was strapped into a chair and forced to watch shows on tlc (laughs) about like weird families with a quirk and they're all very dysfunctional all the time uh like i assume there's a market for that but like it was just uncomfortable frankly yeah for me to just be in a room with with, like a dad that just hated everything that the dad is kratos though (laughs) I mean, yeah. That works for me. I don't, you know, well, maybe, yeah. <laughs> similarly, but also very not similarly. Because, like, can I you imagine, like, watching what? Kindergarten Cop without any comedy? <laughs> <laughs> like, it felt like a really played straight Kindergarten Cop. 
And I didn't know that, that I didn't feel like that was something I wanted. It's just like the, the, the idea of like, can you imagine if Kratos was your dad angle? Like, I don't know. That just, that was interesting to me. And granted, they didn't really do anything that interesting with it. But like, it worked for me. It would only be interesting to me if it was a comedy, not played as like a serious drama. I mean, like, there are like, like a couple they of... They put jokes There are some like... <laughs> so I'll give them that. Yeah. yeah. And they were like... I think they mostly landed too. Like the humor, a lot of... Like not all of it, but a lot of it felt pretty organic to me. The non-dwarf based humor. Yeah. Was, well, yeah. Was good. I think the dwarves are a miss, but like I kind of fall on the opposite side issue, JJ, where like I thought most of the characters were pretty good and well written. Not, not none of them were terribly deep though. I will totally agree. Could have been better, but it all worked for me. I also want to chalk that up a little bit. Yeah, you, you get your piece in. I'm sorry. <laughs> to it being uh, like a like its setting because like this is like a a world of of mythology and gods mm -hmm. where most of the characters are like assumed to have already been established. Yeah. True. Yeah. I. I don't think the writing is bad. I don't think they did a bad job at given their goals. Mm -hmm. I am just descriptively not interested in the goals <laughs> that they chose to pursue for the vast majority of the game. It took way, way too long to the point where I just would put this game down for days for other reasons, but partially for this reason. And because I was always afraid that I was just going to go back and just see like more of this dysfunctional relationship with like no even hints of Kratos like growing to be like a better person or mm -hmm. any of them like loving each other in any way. Like it was always just very sad to me when I would go yeah. back and, and see this bad dad relationship. <laughs> yeah. I do think the narrative is uh, works against the 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 medium of video games mm -hmm. i feel like it, it their the whole story of their like relationship is crippled a bit by like how 10 hours can go by of you just like doing video game things yes. before like it progresses at all so yeah it's not perfect definitely has its flaws but overall i thought it was pretty good it kind of magnifies the narrative problems that a lot of people retrospectively had about the last of us well, yeah. like everyone plays the last of us the first time and they're like oh shit this is so good and then like a year later you look back and you're like oh wait that was a great movie that was a yeah. really good yeah. film i think playing this on easy mode <clears throat> which is called like give me a story mm -hmm. is right. probably the most satisfying way to experience the story as the name would imply right yeah <laughs> But, it, but which would really de-emphasize the parts of the game that I really yeah, absolutely yeah. did enjoy, uh, yeah. though. That option is for specific people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think uh, the, like, the cherry on top of this and kind of what is emblematic of it to me, um, and I, like, I don't want to take anything away from, from you if you did enjoy like the narrative of this game. But yeah, I didn't think it was anything great. But no, agreed. It was fine. I don't mean you specifically. Yeah, like, just sort of like the general. The general you. Yeah, okay. anyone who's listening. Like, y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The general y'all. The general y'all. <laughs> the royal y'all. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it, uh... I don't want to, like, any anyone who enjoys a piece of media, I'm not going to come in and be like, you're wrong, it sucks. Mm -hmm. um, but the thing that keeps popping into my head is that during the periods of time when Atreus was uh, infected with the asshole syndrome. <laughs> yes. Uh, the worst part of the game, for yeah, sure. Yeah. He has, they just took all of his voice lines out. 
and put them in a bin and replace them with the word whatever and it destroyed <laughs> me inside. Like, because so frequently you have to be like, Atreus, just fucking shoot that thing. And he's like, whatever. Like, it's like it punctuates the action yeah. in a way that's weird because yeah. it's non-committal. So it's like, whatever. <laughs> it's whatever. Yeah. Light bridge. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Yes, that that's very unfortunate. Uh, <laughs> an- another, yeah, uh, video- this story being delivered through the medium of video games again, hindering mm. it, because uh, you hear that over and over again. Yeah. But they do, it makes this that part of the game feel really rushed, even more so than it already does, mm-hmm. because there is a one specific section where Atreus is just completely ignoring you, and you try to give him commands, and he just doesn't follow them. Mm-hmm. That tells that same story without any words. And does it and, better. And that's really good, but then they felt the need, or maybe they were mandated to put words in there, uh, <laughs> and it really hampers it. Like, if you stretch that part out more and just had it, like, a whole, like, even, like, a whole area where he just didn't listen to you and you had to work around that could have been really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like at least on paper, it could have also been really annoying, but um, <laughs> but that's it's in service of the narrative. You would want it's. I think it's okay to annoy the player in that kind of a scenario, but like that could have been really interesting, and I, they just don't do that. That could be even mechanically interesting, right? Or if he still did his own shit, like if he still shot arrows and he still grappled people and did all the shit he could do, but none of them under your control, yeah, and you just had to react to him. That could be an interesting gameplay dynamic where you're like you're kind of forced in the backseat and you have to play a little bit more reactively and a little bit less proactively because mm-hmm. your son's doing his own god shit. Like that could have that could have been neat. Yeah. It'd be like Trico, which we all agreed was cool. Yeah, and he does his own thing. Yeah. And but he's yeah, like no. cuter and not a bitch. And also yeah, and also Trico never goes, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he was saying that all the time, he's gonna understand that. Yeah. <laughs> Every like bark and howl just translates to a, a whatever. Text on whatever italicized my fucking shit. tail. God damn it! <laughs> damn it. Uh, um. So I th- that's I think the piece on that. Oh, the ending of the game. Uh, yes. yes. Circle back. Mm-hmm. Oh, can we first? Uh, I know you want to talk about this, and mm-hmm. we keep interrupting you. Can we? Can we you. first talk about? The beginning, like the introduction of Balder. I think you want to talk about the end of the game, but I feel like this but let's makes talk sense. About the beginning, of I it. feel like no, this yeah. makes sense to bring up first. Yeah, because right. like I think this is like the crowning jewel of the game. Yes, it's like when Balder shows up, and you're like, does he know who Kratos is? Because he kind of just looks like a punk. Oh yeah, yes, like a like a just a regular guy who's like a little bit muscular with a bunch of tattoos like he looks like a guy who'd be impressive in reality yeah he looks like he would be a drunk you know and he's even kind of acting like it and then you're like so does he know who kratos is he's picking a fight with him and it's brief enough that you don't see where it's going and then he just punches kratos over the house and it proceeds to do this whole like awesome spectacle boss fight right and it's incredible. <laughs> it is really good. The only thing that I could think of that, like, I would have done if I was, like, writing this mm-hmm. is have this be something that had happened before and they show it. Like, it have, like someone shows up 
to the house and is like, oh, get out of here. This is our land or whatever. And Kratos just, like, tears him in half. <laughs> and, and, like, there's uh, no resistance at all. Like, he's just like, you don't want to pick a fight with me. He's like, well, I've got the county commission breathing down my neck. But you don't have a permit for this land. And Kratos is just like, well. <laughs> and just removes his organs from his body in one motion. And then, like, the second thing happens and you're like, Oh, Kratos is at it again. Mm -hmm. It's like a normal thing for him, and then it turns out to be a god. Agreed. Cool. Even ties into, like, my hypothetical rework of this whole design, which would have never happened because this game is obviously the product of thousands upon thousands of, like, compromises and constraining decisions because there was a billion people working on the game with all different things that they wanted yeah. and ideas yeah. and goals and values, but whatever. To emphasize that, did you, like, s sit through the credits? Because they roll for, like, a comically long time. <laughs> it's no. like the scroll speed is really slow, and they roll for, like, literally 45 minutes. Yes. I don't remember ever being taken to credits, but we'll move on. Yeah, yeah. At we'll, the we'll end of the back. game, it's the goal is changed to go home. And if you go back to the cabin, it plays a scene, and uh, then the credits roll. Yeah. Thor shows up. Oh, that, okay. It's like a stinger. Cool. We'll He's need like, this to be described to me, because I just, like stopped playing yeah. I, See, I did the same thing and then somebody mentioned it on the internet and i was like oh yeah i was i went to the other realms because i was excited to go to them and then was disappointed but by, by what was there <laughs> and then just turned the game off and never went back to the house but anyway the unique mechanical identity that i would have wanted for this game in ideal god mode circumstances god mode being me manipulating the game or right. people who created it like strings not like, infinite health yeah on a marionette puppet correct. mastering yeah. yes correct uh would have been uh, a version of this game that did not have like a weird boner for the last of us but was instead uh a game that made you and your son feel like more empowered comical gods especially early on maybe you still start at the level that you started this game up but i would have wanted a way like higher peak to like the spectacle curve by the end of it that would have been like a better callback to a lot of the earlier games too and made them feel like a more cohesive whole and not as big of a step like i i wanted more scenes where i was just fucking ripping people apart and yeah. like using their limbs and i don't even normally like games that use that as the main appeal like i i like all gamers in our generation have played <laughs> the first level of god of war probably three times uh but and rest of the game and other games in the series it was it really dominated the narrative for a long time and i'm not really attached to that kind of violence but i but in this game they could have had a really good opportunity to contrast like your humble beginnings in this nice little cabin with like actual ludicrous god powers and you kind of never get there you only get there you only get in cutscenes in scripted events a very common game problem, the level of, like, comical strength that's implied by the narrative. And I wanted that to be reflected in the gameplay more. I wanted to be able to just, like, throw a guy into the sky for, like, five <laughs> seconds. It's yeah. just a move. Yeah. This is a problem that God of War always has, and all games featuring, like, a super strong protagonist always have, because, like, they show you in the gameplay mm -hmm. picking up a fucking whole room made of gold. And... <laughs> Just be like, whoop, and thrown up in the air, and it flips upside down. But, like, you don't just, like, atomize everyone that you punch, which is, like, the, it should be what happens. And it's implied that Atreus doesn't even know how strong you actually are. Yeah. Because, like, it, it, like, escalates how much he sees you do over the course of the game. So, obviously, at no point was Kratos just, like, God Farmer. <laughs> Best farm. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like this is one cool thing that they did. 
it feels like part of the part of the problem for, with Atreus's understanding of himself and Kratos is that he, you know, you were never in a circumstance where you had to flip over the giant room made of gold. Right. But like, he also seems to lack context for how strong normal people are. Like when he sees you push and and move the entire thing in the lake to reorient it, his reaction is like. Wow, you really are strong. Yeah. Like, as, as, like he's surprised, but he's surprised in the way that when like you find out someone has like a really cool like bar trick that they can do, not in like the like I have encountered divinity yeah. sense. Yeah. Right. I think it is implied that he was just raised in isolation. Yeah, mm-hmm. like he has no idea that it, like it is entirely impossible for the vast majority of people to do anything resembling this. And that was a yeah. cool touch. He still also interprets, like, druggers as a threat, though, when theoretically even he should be able to, like, break their necks. Like, <laughs> but he doesn't know that. Yeah. Right, yeah. But either way, the thing that I want, and this this is, you know, game design naivete alert here. It could be, <laughs> this just always seems like something that's so simple with these kind of problems. I always want games and seem to enjoy games more when you're ludicrously offensively powerful, but disproportionately defensively vulnerable. Like, naive as it might sound, I feel like there's a good version of this game that isn't, like, necessarily going to be bogged down with, like, why are these people a threat to you? Like, if if you were just surrounded by, like, ten of these guys and you weren't literally invulnerable, you could just do crazy spectacle shit with them. That still seems like it'd be fun and entertaining you could design a good system around. It feels like there's, like, mixed-up priorities uh, to me, because it seems like it's sometimes they want to like emphasize the fact that like Kratos is older and different, but then they don't because he flips a temple upside down. <laughs> but and then like it's like they want to save a bunch of stuff for future games. Like the there there's a surprising lack of like spectacle bosses, given that that's what God of War is known for. Like you have the dragon and Balder, and that's. And that's it. Yeah. You know, like, like you just fight trolls over and over again. Or... That's uh, one of the things, just like a real minor point, is yeah. that I think that the enemy variety is actually really good. The boss variety is piss poor, and I don't understand. See, yep. The enemy variety felt really, like, limited to me. Like, because a lot of them are reskins. They are all just humanoids. Yeah, because the, the bestiary, like, they get a little prompt on the screen every time, like, you fight a new enemy and it kept popping up like a lot and i'm like bullshit i just fought a new enemy <laughs> like so many enemies are just reskins it, the game just trying to convince yeah you i'm like mm. <laughs> seems devious game interesting play game yeah but there's even like because there's that one enemy type that just like if you let them sit around for a while they just recover all their health mm-hmm. and they wisely only use that enemy like three times in the whole game because this game is not fun if you try and just play it really fast, mm-hmm. which and yet they put in a whole fucking realm that's just kill stuff really fast and it's stupid and bad. Uh, and I don't know how nobody caught that. Um, but, so like, yeah. And that, and he basically just acts as like a heavy regular dude and there's not really anything special about it, but like, well, I don't think the designs are particularly inspired. It is like enough mechanical difference where you do have to assess what's going on, at least like occasionally, <laughs> especially pre Blades of Chaos. Yeah. Um, and I think that's good. But the bonuses all suck. Every one of them are t- stupid and, and really kind of like linear in a way that I wish they didn't like the fact that every time that you kill a troll you do the same thing yeah. where you like jump up and grab the pillar and pull it down is so 
it's bad, one, because it's weird to do the same thing over and over again, and two, because it means they had to, every boss, they had to give a big pillar to, <laughs> which is yeah. like, like, why would you assume that when you go to hell and fight the gate watch bridge guardian guy... That he would be a troll. With a big pillar. With a, yeah. They're like, yeah, he gets a fucking pillar. Oh, they all have pillars. What are you going to do about it? Why do they all have pillars? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's one of the places it stands out the most, is because, like, you're expecting the bridge keeper of fucking Helheim to be, like, a unique boss, and it's just a troll. Yeah, it's just a regular-ass troll. I like, smash his pillar back Yeah, Odin was like, "Uh, okay, uh, you're a nice troll, so uh, here's your pillar, and uh, just smash people who try to come through here. <laughs> the fucking, like, men in black car, and, like, they pop the trunk and the thing expands out, and it's just different pillars. Yeah. <laughs> you pick one uh, up. Here's your ice pillar. The, the Matrix, like, white room and, like, the gun racks fly by, but they all just have, like, slightly different pillars. Because, like, the first one you fight is in, like, a field that, like, has some ancient, like, ruined pillars. Yeah. So it's, like, that's where he got his that's but then all, okay, that's but the, the rest guard. of them just have pillars <laughs> you're so angry about this it is weird, it's weird. <laughs> when you, it's one of those things that when you stop and think about it you're like wait <laughs> it's, but it's is it like, a st- an extension of their body like all trolls have a pillar have a pillar like it's, just, it's their birth pillar <laughs> Yeah, it's, just, it's, it's troll feces. It's just right. <laughs> they are they harden their feces into a big pillar. No, you can no. tell how old they are by how tall the pillar is. Yeah, they just keep packing it on. <laughs> they're just they're such hard asses that they just excrete individual logs of uniform density and solidity. <laughs> Your gastrointestinal tract is a straight tube that just yeah. compacts everything like a trash compactor. But you have to break it off like a candy cane. It's with it. Now, it Sometimes is, ghosts come yeah, out of it. It, why not? It, it is bizarre that all, like, all but a couple of key story bosses are just trolls. Yeah, it's it's super weird. Well, like, I, mean, I would cut out the two optional challenge realms and make more bosses cut out the entire rpg mechanic system uh, to, to an yes extent, and, yes I and think no yes. okay it depends on what we're classifying because there are because i'm not including like skill tree progression i mean like stats on the this, armor i would cut the skill tree and keep the armor personally really? why because the skill tree because you could just give you all the shit on the skill tree and it's not really going to make you overpowered at the beginning, as we discussed, it's like things that you would already be doing anyway, but just a more natural version of it. Okay, true. Whereas the armor actually will like increase your. It makes it. The armor makes it so that if you then leave an end game area and go back to an early game area, you get that feeling of being able to just like smash stuff, which they really want to do with like the when you, the blades of chaos thing, yeah. where they're just like, oh hey, you went back to your house. Here's a thousand guys. Have fun. Yeah. I think the implementation of those things in this game is super vanilla. Like I feel like those on their own aren't bad uh, inclusions in the game. 
I just don't think that they were done particularly well. Yeah. It's just, this is outside of that moment in which you are very, very right about, and I, <laughs> and I immediately am tempering my previous statement in light of that observation. This is not the kind of game generally where, like, you go back to old areas to, per- to perceive your growth. Like, this is mostly, like, a pretty, pretty linear, forward, conventional third-person action game. Yeah. Uh, and and I, what I wanted to... What I wanted to maintain, and the reason why I prioritized the skill tree system, is just I wanted to make sure that the game continued to have a mechanism by which it could slowly kind of dripple out differences in kind in the combat, and not just like you have ten more strength and vitality. <laughs> like it's the incremental differences in the armor, an individual that I don't care about, and how much time disproportionately you have to spend just fiddling with it. Like there's just in the way that. Doom, for example, Doom 2016, cut out so much of the bullshit in the way between you and murder. Yeah. Uh, I feel like this game adds lots of bullshit in between you and murder, even though you're also supposed to be like a very murder dude. Yeah. I feel like Doom guy and Kratos God of War. If you take <laughs> if you take Kratos not as presented in this game, but in like the third game, they're mm-hmm. on roughly the same like murder tier, all, all things considered. I mean, I would rather put Kratos, it, like if this is a who would win situation. <laughs> this- no, I feel like me. yeah, I know, but I feel like Kratos is almost at a higher murder tier. He has way more like feats of of god killing, <laughs> whereas like Doom guy just fights progressively larger demons. Mm-hmm. And uh, one time John Romero's severed head, but like no. <laughs> yeah, I feel like a streamlining of the skill tree would definitely be preferred. Yeah, there's like there's like eight skill trees. Like there are, yeah, there there's way to there's way too many yeah. too many skill trees. And I I tend to like be a sucker for like armor crafting and upgrading like the just the reward of like the aesthetic differences definitely is the thing that hits like my my pleasure centers in my brain you can be bare-chested kratos or kratos with armor on (laughs) dude i loved tears armor and hated having to change out of it for the better dwarf armor yeah better dwarf (laughs) armor really sucked I mean, it was also cool, but, like, Tears Armor was cooler looking. Yeah. This game, another thing that's mostly, like, the animation and, like, open quotes graphics department accomplishment. Right. This game has the best incremental improvement of visuals in terms of, like, the aesthetics of the things that you get as you upgrade that I've ever seen. Like, the differences, the difference between your end game axe and the starter game axe, if you look up pictures, is, like, comical. But there is just a completely, like, incredibly subtle incremental change in how all of those things look through the full duration of the game we don't realize in the moment that like you've got this crazy fucking dope axe now in comparison but if you look at them with context you're like oh shit i've come such a long way yeah i also like the fact that when you add the pommels to it they change like particle effects or like just the look of it yeah like the fact that there's that much aesthetic has like anecdotal like evidence of this Mm -hmm. you remember when you just walked in and yeah. in, like, three seconds, it's like, do I want this one or do I want the one with the cool black drips? <laughs> and you were like, oh, you got to go with the black drips. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you're right. I should go with the black drips. Ha, ha, ha. Because it, it looked better, even though it was, like, statistically worse. I never changed it. Like, I liked <laughs> the drippy axe so much that I just left it there for the whole game. It was very cool. Yeah, Good point, though, Andy. This game actually does a great job with the aesthetic components of its gear system and that yep. it's a benefit to having that. I just I just don't like the numbers, I guess. I literally just don't like the numbers. Yeah. They're yeah. too many. Impl- yeah. yeah, implementation wasn't very good, yep. in my opinion. So Balder was cool at the beginning of the game. <laughs> he was, yes. <laughs> he was. He was. It was actually very good because they started doing, 
and they teased doing the thing that I wanted out of this game, which is comical contrast between the narrative tone and the stuff you're doing day to day with what Kratos is actually capable of. And they just stopped doing that. <laughs> just didn't do it anymore. Yeah. And I think that aesthetically speaking from like the environments and stuff progress in a way that is very cool. Like this game has a womb level. Uh, I couldn't see shit in it because it was really dark. Uh, like a real womb would be. Yeah, well, yeah, it's yeah. true. Uh, but it was cool. Like it was a cool concept, and like the the world snake is cool, and I'm glad that it's like visible all the time because mm -hmm. it's it, it is sort of more than just backdrop. Yeah, I I really loved that you can see it before you encounter it. Like when you first enter the lake, you can see it off to the left. Yeah, like the ridges. I thought of that it. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, and I also learned that the world serpent's name is Jormungandr from this game. <laughs> And it, it, it weirdly okay. stuck. I feel like I'll always remember that now. I kind of don't. I kind of wish I didn't always remember that from this point. I, over. I think that's a pretty like metal name. Yorman. Yorman Gander. I like. I lo love Yorman. Sharp drop off at Gander. Eh. I feel like <laughs> it, it, it feel It sounds like a stereotypical like Norse suffix. It like feels Gand, like like Norman Gander. I don't know. It sounds great. I like it. <laughs> It's like a dwarf name that I would make up, specifically because of the drop-off in my mind. Because it's like, I would start at the strong, like, gander over the two seconds that I'd have to... Strong Yorman, excuse me. Over the two seconds I'd have to consider it in my head before I had to say something to you guys. Yeah. And then I would just be like, Yorman gander. See, that's the thing. You have to pronounce but, it. You have to hit all four syllables hard. <laughs> and if you tumble down on the gander, then you're not, like, it's just not the same. It's know? just confidence. You yeah. Need, my yeah, bad. It's, 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 Jormungandr. Yeah, not yeah. Jormungandr. Imagine Mimir saying it. Yeah. Okay. And it'll sound much more natural. Yeah. That's true. Mimir is very good. If it makes you feel more comfortable, you could call him YM Gander. <laughs> that's, that's too For short. Sure. It's too similar to like. <laughs> way too close to WD Gaster. That's what for I me. was getting yeah. at. I hate you. You just like got that joke. Oh, I'm sorry that I, I didn't realize I no. wasn't on your joke level. I'm actually really glad because you got the joke and then said it because I was expecting no one to get the joke. So. <laughs> uh, but uh, Hollow Knight's my favorite game now. <laughs> you have to update your references, Chad. You need to get the um, that terrible uh, format where it's like. Friendship ended with Undertale. <laughs> now Hollow Knight is my new best friend. Have you ever looked up the history to that meme? Oh yeah, I've read that probably like ten times in my life. It's very, very good. <laughs> it's a wonderful journey. So one thing in the narrative that I thought was really weird uh, is how much they set up oh shit, Thor and or Odin is coming for your ass mm -hmm. and they just don't. <laughs> no, they never come like, for your ass. There is an excuse for at least like part of the game where um, Freya puts the the seal on your neck that like shields you from their vision. Mm -hmm. But once that goes away, like you fucking kill both of Thor's children, and then at the end of the game, you kill Balder, who's Odin's son, and you think just like Kratos rolling into the Norse mythology land and fucking shit up <laughs> would be cause enough for Odin to be like, oh shit. I should do something about that. And and on paper, totally thumbs up, right decision to not blow your load in this game if you're going to do more. Yeah. Uh, but it's set up so hard. Yes. It, it's too much. It's not an undertone. Like, you kill Modi, 
and then you go back to the Lake of Nine, and there's like a thunderstorm, and then Mimir's like, oh shit, <laughs> like, Thor's not happy. Yeah, like, this. Odin's not gonna take kindly to you killing his kin, and it's like super ominous, and you're like, oh shit, here it goes. Now the real God of War stuff's gonna start happening now. Mm-hmm. And then it just proceeds to not happen. No. Yeah, that was weird. That, that was very weird. Trolls of Pillars. Yes. Probably because they thought they might do it and then got, uh, got their attention distracted by another system that they wanted to make. <laughs> I, I, it feels intentional to me. It feels like they, they definitely had the post credit scene in mind when they started the fucking game. Like, <laughs> oh, it's going to end with Thor showing up. <laughs> yeah, okay. So you're going to need to describe that to me, okay. but let's take it like chronologically with the the rest of the game because basically we end up uh the, the excuse they give for odin not just immediately just put it well like it makes a giant sense foot yeah. coming from the sky and <laughs> it, just turning into a it makes face. sense that he wouldn't immediately show up but once you start killing right people well the excuse given in the narrative for it is that he cannot open the door to the the gate to jodenheim right yeah and so naturally they have you go through this whole quest to open the gate to Yoden. Yeah. Then you fight uh, Boulder and kill him in a really anticlimactic boss fight mm-hmm. where you just kind of, like, do the same stuff that you did, and he he's a Metroid Prime boss where he changes color and you have to match him, except you match the opposite. He's an Ikaruga boss. Okay, fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is yes. legitimate. I take this. It and did have a cool background element. That's true. Where Freya animates the dead giant corpse. Yes, that was very That cool. should have played a larger role in the fight. But then, after all of that, and you kill him, and Freya's like, I hate you now. <laughs> Goodbye. And <laughs> walks away. And nothing happens. You're like, oh, if nothing's happening now, it means they're really setting up for the final boss. I can't wait for this final boss. Not knowing you already fought the final boss. You've beaten the game and don't know it at this point. You then do the narrative thing, which is touching and cool, and I'm fine with it. <laughs> which is as much as I would grant it. <laughs> and you go up, you see the credit sequence, and you come back down, and then Odin comes in, and you gotta fight Thor, or fight Odin, or do something. That, that, that would never happen. You thought it'd be like Metal Gear Solid Five, where like there's just like three different credit sequences? Well, I was just expecting you to come... I, I thought it was a fake-out credit sequence. Like, legitimately, I thought it was a fake-out. And you were gonna come out, and he's gonna be like, thanks for opening the gates, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> And then Godfist just like punches it, you. And you're like, Ooh. okay. So <laughs> teeth come out. So what happens is once you you do you scatter the ashes and gameplay resumes. New objective shows up. It's like go home. So once you go back, uh, they're like, oh, we're so exhausted, and they like go to bed. Uh, and thunderstorm you know lightning crashes outside and they get up and they go to the door and it's like dude in cloak you know mysterious and then like there's like who are you you know kratos and then he just like throws his like cloak aside it's like from an angle it's like behind him like on like focused like on his hip and you can see kratos you know in the mm-hmm. background it's a nice right. shot mm-hmm. uh and he just like throws the cloak <laughs> aside and you know his mule on his hip and then it cuts to credits and, oh and after the credits, it resumes, and it was like a, a vision, like a dream that Atreus had, uh, that Thor's gonna show up soon. Uh, so that's how that happens. But it, I totally agree, it makes way more sense for Thor 
to show up after they scatter the ashes where you have a boss fight and Thor just like kicks your ass <laughs> and then like takes Atreus or something and mm. then it's like cliffhanger Ooh, can't wait for the next God of War right because they choose to end it on a cliffhanger still like yeah. it's still a cliffhanger but it's just a worse yeah because yeah I, I do kind of I, I, it feel like the fight with Balder feels like a good capstone on like the narrative but it does kind of like it's kind of hard to explain but like game wise it kind of doesn't really feel like a final boss right it's not really it does feel like it's it's missing uh, it's missing like the cherry the final boss cherry on top of the <laughs> the the tallest peak in Jotunheim <laughs> not enough spectacle not enough like different systems that have been incorporated yeah like in comparison to like the fight at the beginning mm-hmm. the fight with Balder at the end it's not even half as fancy it's like it, it's just even. like a regular fight but with a giant corpse in the background <laughs> which it is cool very rarely yeah does a thing. yeah which doesn't even on hard mode it like barely interfered with the fight like mm-hmm. i think it was maybe like three times it it gave me some hits done right <laughs> and that it was like a non thing but yeah it definitely feels like the ball was uh dropped there it really i was. agree before we end do we have another thing we want to say um phone check phone check I, check, I I did check, like that the the mistletoe arrow was paid off. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> that actually yeah, best probably the best narrative beat in the entire game yeah. as far as I'm concerned. I like I like completely blanked on a thing or like completely misinterpreted what happened with that or just forgot something. I don't. Who gives you the mistletoe arrows? It's uh the taller dwarf. Sindri. Sindri. Because I thought, like, he gave you, like, the, uh, like, lightning arrow bowstring, mm-hmm. and then after that, you go to Freya's house, and she, like, freaks out about the arrows, and I thought, like, she, w- like, knew because he had the lightning string that we'd killed a dragon, and she was pissed about that. Right, like, I like complete a, a animal or something. I feel like the, <laughs> oh, here's some mistletoe arrows was kind of, like glossed over yeah like i that felt really weird like that confused me mistletoe also kind of not a threatening substance conceptually but that's right. uh accurate to the mythology that uh, i know yeah mistletoe is Baldur's like what b- breaks the spell on him i did not know any of that yeah so, so was... if you if you're a nerd you would have seen that coming <laughs> i'm just saying in modern day in the several centuries it, that have it, passed it, it, it makes it feel myths. like mythic and cool though that like the it's mistletoe was the thing that like breaks the curse like i thought that that was neat mm-hmm. i'm fine with it as a thing i think the payoff is good because they do take time to show you the scene of him fixing it and the length of time that they go between yeah. that scene and when it becomes relevant i think is a well-considered length of time and yeah. actually makes it pay and, off. And him fixing the strap feels like a good, organic, like, father-son bonding moment. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I also agree, like, thumbs up on that. More arrow-based <laughs> uh, love. plot, yeah, yeah, love in the next God of War game. Because mm-hmm. I know Santa Monica Studios, the one thing that they have to do right now is listen to this podcast. <laughs> Get you some of that air romance. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, yes. what do you think about the reveal that Atreus is Loki? Oh, 
I uh, honestly wasn't even a hundred percent sure that they meant that in like the literal sense that I, it's like I think, Loki, like Loki, Loki, or I if think, he was just named after Loki. I think that they do mean it that way because in the mythology, like Loki <laughs> is adopted by Odin, like he is not actually Odin's son, so it like actually makes sense. Son of a frost giant. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone with even Marvel familiarity will get that now. It, it's... I slipped through like 90% of the second <laughs> Thor movie. So it, it actually makes sense. So I think, I think, I don't like love it or anything, but I, I thought that was cool that it actually plays into the mythology. Makes it makes the next game really predictable, though. So, well, they've already done, th- like, Loki plays like a huge part in a lot of the mythology, and a lot of those events have already happened in this game, so I don't think they're going to go by the book at all. Do we have final thoughts? God of War is the Drew Barrymore of games. <sighs> all right, hit me. Hit me with that that <laughs> metaphor that I'm sure I won't have any complaints we're, with. We're, we're transitioning to celebrities instead of food. Now. Right. <laughs> I couldn't think of a food that really matched all of these uh, different traits. Uh, it's it's fine. I have no complaints, uh, but it's kind of dated. It's frequently like stretched beyond its conceivable abilities in a bunch of different directions that I didn't need to go into. Third thing. Third thing. <laughs> Uh, since we've made Final Thoughts like a regular thing, uh, this might be the hardest game to come up with final thoughts for for me because as i opened with like this game's very good like i enjoyed my time with it i engaged with like the the extra content like i i action adventure games are like my favorite kind of games and i feel like there aren't enough of them because they tend to be like one of the more expensive kind of games to make so i enjoy my time with it a lot but this game I think it, it overreaches and it feels like designed by committee in that it just has so many systems and features that it gets bogged down in. So like overall, I feel really positive about it, but at the same time I could complain about it for a long time. <laughs> so like it, it's really weird. Uh, the kind of like place that this game settles, you know, among other video games, uh, so I'll just end by having that messy string of thoughts be my final ones. <laughs> just like the game. Yes. I think uh, this game ends up being sort of a kitchen sink type game. And I think that the the chance to rework God of War into like a modern, like in a, with a more modern sensibility is something that I think they kind of jumped at the chance at and ended up leaving more sort of original God of War in it and less innovation than was probably necessary to make it more relevant. The game still sold really well and is basically adored by most people who play it, which speaks at the very least for the quality of the polish that they put on this. This seems like the kind of game that the average person would go nuts for. Completely agree. I don't know. Not necessarily go nuts, but like this is a really good example of a kind of game that's going to do worse with critics than it is with audiences. Like this game is, is going to get, sequels this game is always already going to be a trilogy i can feel the trilogy coming. i mean it's one of the games that got a like signature playstation 4 design like obviously like it's it's an ip and it's a big one 
And I think that they did a good job of making a game that is inherently a playable game. It's not a game that I would recommend to anyone because, one, they already know about it. And and two, it doesn't do anything that, like, there's no hook. There's no, like, pitch I can give to make the game, uh, like, really grab somebody just on a conceptual level. And none of that is to discount the amount of fun that I had with the game because it, it genuinely was... A, a very fun experience. And so I just want to put in the words of Kratos himself, God of War, you aren't bad. Be better. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. For listening to No Clip this week. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking head explodes from emotion. <laughs> what are we talking about next time? Next time, we're going to be talking about Baba Is You, uh, a game that I had seen pictures of, uh, like a Bigfoot walking in the night, uh, and didn't really know a whole lot about, but as of the recording of this, have now played for six hours, and I fucking love it. It's really good. Uh, And so join us for that. Uh, It's a puzzle game, by the way. If uh, you want to get a hold of us, all of our contact information can be found at noclippodcast.com or on our sister site, splattershot.pro. Uh, <laughs> while you're there, you can see all of our old episodes, go to our YouTube channel, check out our new Discord, which uh, the discussion currently appears to be about the game Bloodstained, which I haven't played yet, but everyone is doing a, like a tremendous job of selling me on it. <laughs> So there's that, I guess. You guys got anything? You've seen pictures of Bigfoot walking in the night? (laughs) You haven't? Make sure you... uh, I can't... There's no... Bigfoot, that subscribe button. (laughs) Make sure you ring that bell when you see a Bigfoot... At your I, was, I was thinking something about like the rune chests, like yeah, you, know, you have to like ring the the bell. Oh, that's so to, good to open the rune chest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it, it was too wordy. Yeah. yeah. In order to get that Iden apple, that is the subscribe <laughs> button. Flip the temple, which is the comment section, upside down. <laughs> With your powerful <laughs> takes and opinions. Le- leave Mamir's M- tales in the comment section. <laughs> oh, what does Kratos Comments call- are for the boat, boy. What does Kratos call his stories? Oh, short and... I want to say pertinent. Kratos <laughs> would say pertinent never. No. <laughs> Too long of a word. Purposeful. Yeah. Yeah. Short and purposeful stories. Leave those in the comment section. <laughs> Leave you... Mamir's tales in the Discord. Yes. Link in the description. I like. Inher- I just point down when I say that because I've seen so many. You've seen do YouTubers it. do it. Yeah. yeah. Goodbye. <laughs>what if i rolled it down to have like the bro sleeves even better i actually like the sleeves yep the thing i like it too as a bro as a bit of a bro myself they have nothing to like fasten it so it just kind of like loosely hangs and i don't like that
that was your phone. You managed to throw it in exactly the same position where your phone felt like your sleeves. Exactly. You yes. It's in. It's a real sleeve position. It's in a sleeve. Sleeve. It's a new phrase. Mm-hmm. N- new. New no clip phrase. The sleeve position. Yes, the sleeve position. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's that means it's in like it's a ultra pro. It's positions. in like a. It's in like a kind of precarious situation. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, where it's not actually likely to be a problem, but it feels like it'll be a exactly. Problem all the That's time. what a sleeve situation is. Yeah, very good. 